Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 122. Hey, this is Legacy Perez, renowned breakdancer and millionaire real estate investor. And if you want to learn how to stand out in your network, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chapel. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Jonathan Legacy Perez. Legacy is a world-renowned breakdancer that has changed the game for street dancers alike. He made it to the finals of Fox's hit TV show, So You Think You Can Dance, and is one of the first to completely learn the genres of dance that were given to him to conquer on the show. Legacy has worked with an endless list of artists, including Chris Brown, Gwen Stefani, 
Mariah Carey, Justin Bieber, and Rihanna, just to name a few. He's appeared on ABC's Dancing with the Stars and feature films such as Step Up Franchise, Green Hornet, Never Say Never, and Dance Flick. Being a self-evaluator and constantly working on ways to improve himself, Legacy has always had an impact on any audience, whether through dance or speaking. This has been the pivotal component to his success in dance and now running a seven-figure real estate business. Legacy, welcome to the show, brother. Super excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about right now? What's up, Travis, man? I'm honestly, I'm most excited about being on here with you. I, literally, we've met a few times and besides being excited about being here and sharing with everybody what's going on, my behind the movement that I've started recently, helping people uncover and unlock their potential and get to new levels, doesn't matter what vertical or what industry, I'm really excited about behind the movement. Perfect, man. That's awesome. So let's go ahead and we'll get into behind the movement a little bit more later because that's something that is obviously super cool that you're up to. Let's talk a little bit about how you got started, man, because like I love these kinds of stories for so many reasons, but yours is particularly interesting. Can you talk to us a little bit about like your childhood, what you used dance to do when you were a kid and how that's helped you create a really successful career? Yeah. So for me, it's always been about expression. I, I was not good in school at all. My teachers said I wouldn't amount to anything. I guess I had a lot of energy and I figured out that dance for me was my form of expression growing up in low income neighborhoods and not having, you know, the good circle of friends needed to not do bad things. Right. So dance for me was that. And, and I think that discipline wasn't something that I was good at. I believe it was the obsession and the desire to be super, super amazing at, at movement and at dance is what led me to consistently and persistently continue to want to learn every aspect of b-boying, which is breaking. So talk to us about the, how it all got started then, because so you're a kid, you really like to express yourself in dance. What did high school look like for you? When did you start like realizing that dance was something that you wanted to do professionally? So I used to play soccer back in the day. Uh, I was really excited about it. Then when I got to high school, my grades didn't allow me to play in the varsity or junior varsity team. And the coach said I couldn't play. So I just decided to go to a skating rink and in the skating rink, I was skating around in a circle. And in the middle, I would see people with backpacks. And they would take off their skates, put on their Zoom waffles by Nike, and they would start dancing. And I'm like, what the heck is going on, man? What are these people doing? And so there was a moment where this kid, a friend of mine, Leo Molina, he was, I remember this like it was yesterday, ninth grade. I uh, had a show and tell in my tops class, which is the, the first period class. And then all of a sudden he's teaching, he's doing, oh, I'm a, I'm a B-boy. And I'm like, what is that, man? Can you come teach me what that is? And he came over and taught me top rock and flares, which is two distinct moves that are foundational and breaking top rock footwork and, and flares. So I was like, okay, cool. I love it. I think it's awesome. And then as high school progressed, I would just literally practice for hours. I would go home, go to the nearest grocery store and go to the back where they had all the empty boxes, the cardboard boxes. I would take those, bring them home, lay them down in the pool area, tape them together and just work on my craft. That's crazy, bro. So you start working a lot on dancing and everything like that. You graduate from high school and then just were like, I'm going to do this. What did that even look like? Yeah. So as I was dancing, I went to a competition in New York, which is a, a prestigious competition called Rocksteady Anniversary, where the original Rocksteady created in the 70s basically had a competition. And I went and I got second place in the whole entire competition. Wow. And I had only been dancing close to a year. 
And the people that I beat were all dancing about four years. So people, that's kind of where the name Legacy was born. Somebody said, man, somebody must have passed down the legacy to you. And I was like, what the heck does that even mean? I looked it up and I fell in love with the definition because I felt like it wasn't something I was calling myself, something that I was going to live up to and worked hard every day to try to create. So after that moment, got notoriety and Ken Swift from Rocksteady Crew would call me and a couple of friends and say, hey, man, there's a show in Ohio, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. You want to go perform? And we're like, yeah, of course. And they're like, oh, are you going to get paid? And I'm like, wait, what? I'm going to get paid to dance? Like, this is weird. And then from that moment, there was another show on MTV called MTV Sink or Swim down in the Keys where a couple friends of ours, we just put some routines together, went there and we actually won. And then we got noticed by a stunt team out of Orlando and they gave us the first opportunity to meet with them. And we went up to Orlando. And at that time, I was out of high school working at Tire Kingdom in a tire shop doing a, as a basically a tire technician, changing tires, balancing, oil changes and then from there, I got offered a job to go dance with the stunt team in Orlando. And while we did that, we also were simultaneously street performing for donations in Miami. And the guy that gave us the opportunity said, hey, man, we could take a show and put it in Universal. It could be a street show. We just won't ask for donations. And we restructured it, made it entertaining, made it more fun. And, and then they hired us for Christmas for about seven days only. And in those seven days, the feedback was astronomical. And they said, man, we love these kids. Let's give them an extension of contract and extended us for another 22 days. And then we were so excited because we were making, you know, we were making like about $80 a day times seven days. It was, you know, 560 bucks. We were super eager, super excited. They loved it so much in those 22 days. They extended us for two months. After that turned into three years. Wow. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.
So now from here, you start realizing that like, okay, not only is this something that I enjoy doing, but now I know 100% for sure that this is something that I can actually make a living at. So what was the next steps from there as far as like street performing versus getting into some of these major films or touring with Gwen Stefani, Mariah Carey and people like that? What did that all look like? So from that moment, we were sitting in a movie theater watching the movie You Got Served. And as I'm sitting there with my best friend, we're looking at at the big screen and I see somebody do a move that I'm known for, that I'm very known for. And so I start watching it and I'm like, man, why aren't we there? Like I've competed with these kids. I've beat these, some of these kids in battles. How come I'm out there? And my friend said, we have to go to Los Angeles. We got to move to LA. And that's where it's at because that's where the auditions are. That's where everything is. So I got up instantly, my popcorn spilled, drink almost spilled and was walking out and he turned to me, goes, yo man, where you going? I said, I'm going to LA. (laughs) And we kind of then straight up just uh, changed the oil the next day, put air in the tires and we head out to Los Angeles from Miami at that time. We went back to Miami to visit our family and that's when we decided, hey man, we got to leave. So we left. And as we got to New Orleans, I realized that I only had $240 in my pocket. And he was like, I, I don't have any more money. And I said, what do you mean? I thought you had it. And we ran out of gas in New Orleans. And so you do what normal kids do when they run out of gas in New Orleans. You take your radio out and you go and street perform on Bourbon Street for some donations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we made, you know, 600 bucks, got some sushi that night. We were straight up balling and uh, got a hotel continued the journey. Four days later, got to Santa Monica Third Street Promenade because that's where we knew we had to street perform. And as we're street performing, we're making some donations. The cops come and they arrest us and they say we need a permit. So we're like, oh, I'm sorry, man. We, you know, we don't want to get fined. We don't want to go to jail. So we went to City Hall, got a permit and shortly after made enough money to be able to get an apartment in Los Angeles. And from that moment, we you know, obviously the audition process, learning about agencies. I just had to, I asked questions. I would go to, to clubs looking for the choreographers that have choreographed for the movies and commercials. And I would ask around who was who. And then I'd go to these places and battle them. I'm like pointing at them while they're drinking their tequila or Jack and Coke or whatever. And I'm like, yo, you, you suck. Let's battle. And they are laughing. And they're like, who are these kids with all this fire? And shortly after that, I booked a USA Network commercial. I booked a industrial music video, then another music video, then another music video, then a live show. And from, you know, going and going and making my brand known as who I was and what I did and how professional I was, I was able to exactly 365 days from the time I, I arrived in Los Angeles, I landed the biggest world tour in history for B-Boys, which was Gwen Stefani's 2005 Harajuku Lovers tour. Wow. There's so much about the story that I love, bro, because there's so many people that would just be like, you know, they're in Miami, they see somebody up on the big screen and they wonder why they aren't on there. And then their buddy goes, oh yeah, it's because they're not in LA. And then they're just like, man, that's stupid. And then like, that's all they do about it. Right. Like, and then they're like sitting there at 50 years old. Like I could have been on tour with these people. I could have danced with those people. I was way better than them. But uh, you know, like it's just because this happened and this happened, I didn't end up doing anything and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, you were just like, all right, let's go to LA and no money in your pocket. You go like street perform to get money to get out to LA, don't even have money. And then you start dancing 
And then afterwards you get an apartment. Like there's so much stuff that you did that's just not conventional that most people would look at it and be like, oh, that was stupid. But it didn't matter because you had an idea, you had a vision, a goal, a dream that you wanted to accomplish. And it didn't matter. Like the regular traditional laws and rules of society didn't apply because they don't matter. So there's so much of that that I could get into with you. But we talked a lot about your resilience in dancing. How has that helped you to be able to move into the real estate field where now you're flipping million dollar homes down in Orange County area? You know, going back to what you said right before I answer this question, does it, I think it's called, you know, dreamers or like, oh man, I could have done that. Or I could do this too if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. I call those people that first get that initial thought dreamers. And then the follow-up which is super exciting for me, is called steamers. Like, you know, locomotive, like train, you put the effort in. So if you're a dreamer without the steamer, then there's no result. And going into the real estate question and how I was able to go into real estate without knowing anything is two totally, completely different verticals and two totally, completely industries and succeed in both. I think I devote that to the resilience of having the mentality of I can do this and it's just a matter of time. Persistence destroys resistance. And a few of the books that I've read that have led me to find true in mindset, uh, which is, I read a story once. I'm trying to remember exactly where I read it from, but it was where there was somebody in a battle and a war and they show up to an island and they burn the ships and they say, we either win or we perish. For me, those small quotes, I live by quotes because There are little inflections in my mindset that reassure me and confirm that I'm on the right track, that I can think like successful people think and that I'm able to do what they do. So I took that, I took the resilience and I took the study and the discipline and the care and the desire and the fire. And I was able to say, all right, what do I need in order to succeed? And in real estate, it was exactly what I did in dance. Find people that were good at it ask lots of questions that pertain to the questions that I had that are needed for me to find the detailed answer so that I can learn what I needed to do next. And from that moment, just continue and continue and continue until I got to where I wanted to get to, which is with the vocabulary, with knowing how the transactions work, knowing the sales side, the buy side, the negotiations. So all of that for me were like components of similarities in dance, which were, I need to learn top rock. I need to learn footwork. I need to learn flare, swipe, windmill, head spin, backspin, all those. uh, It's almost like you got to learn the foundational steps before you can really go in there and make it your own. Hmm. So really what I'm hearing is that it all comes down to commitment, the level of commitment that it takes to get to be successful in something. Like you said, burning the ships is just another way to say you have to get committed and stay committed. Because if you have three backup plans, as soon as you see some resistance with what you're doing, then you're going to take one of those backup plans, one of those exit strategies to get out of what you're doing because you're not fully committed to making it happen. And sometimes you can ask my wife, I have a problem with commitment. (laughs) So whenever I've committed to something, there's absolute freedom with that comes with commitment. When I started this show, I was like, look, there's one of two ways I can do this. One of them, I can play it safe and just like throw some content out there. And if it doesn't gain any traction, just be like, okay, well, whatever. I tried, it didn't work. The other way is to put my entire like effort, soul, being like everything that I know how to do, like I'm going to commit to doing that until I see success with it. Like 
I will do that until it is successful. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And that's what has allowed me to do as well as the show is doing. And that's what is allowing you to do really well with your real estate business and stuff. So absolutely. I want to add to what you're saying, because I'm really like when you're talking to me, first of all, I'm really impressed by your questions and how you approach certain things mindset wise and, and in life. And I'm really inspired to share my knowledge more. So when I hear you say those things, I'm like, man. And for me, I've learned very, I don't want to say at an early age because it wasn't at an early age. It was at a recent moment in my life that I learned that you have to have more very clear what you want to do and more so a definitive purpose, a clearly defined dream or goal. And you have to develop a burning desire for its achievement. And so when I think about dance, I was like, there was no way I was going to stop because I was trying to learn everything about it. And when I think about real estate, there was no way I was going to stop because I needed to learn some everything about it. And so I think the knowing that there's endless information and endless ways to do things puts me on the track to going, I'm obsessed because there's no way I can figure everything out this yeah. year, next year, or the next year. That right. makes sense? Right. Yeah, totally. So uh, when you first started with real estate, how much money did you spend on like getting educated and networking with people who knew what they were doing and stuff like that? So obviously to me, it's very rarely for people to find lots of money. I, I don't know I, what somebody may perceive as lots of money. I used to think $10,000 was lots of money, but it's all based on perspective because if I say $10,000 is a lot of money, you say, yeah, maybe, but can you live off of it for the rest of your life? And you're like, absolutely not. $10,000 is absolutely nothing. So when I started, it was literally a $50,000 program that I purchased. Mind you, I put it all on a credit card, sold my dream car, sold my jewelry, my shoes that I had bought on tour, my motorcycle. I went full in to something because I personally believed that where I was in my life, that season of where I was in my life needed a shift. And if you continue to do what you've always done, you'll continue to have what you've always had. Mm -hmm. And so I had realized that there was nothing that was changing, you know, but little bits and pieces of things. And I said, how can I make a drastic jump? And so I decided I'm going to invest heavily in myself. Yeah. And that program was 50,000. And if I want to add to that, I've probably spent over multiple six figures in myself trying to learn from people that are doing it, from people that are constantly educating themselves and uh, finding information and getting you know, mentors to show me the way. And I think the best way to do it is pay for it because when you pay, you pay attention. Totally. Totally. I love that. When you pay, you pay attention. When you invest in something like that, you take it much, 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 much more seriously. <laughs> yes. And for those of you listening that are like, man, I would never spend $50,000 on something like that. Well, that's probably why you're not running a seven figure real estate flipping business and not to sound like super rude about it, but this is the bottom line because that's what that level of commitment is, right? So it wasn't just like, you see, it wasn't just like you were like, Hey, you know, what would be cool if I can make seven figures, just flipping real estate. And then you were like, all right, let me go try to do that. And then you didn't invest any money in that. You went to go buy a house and you didn't know anything about the industry. So the first deal didn't end up working out. You lost $15,000 on the deal. And then all of a sudden you label real estate investing as a bad career choice, right? Yeah, You're exactly. like, oh, well now it's just impossible. Like it's all smoke and mirrors. It's a scam because you didn't take the time to learn how to do it because you weren't committed to doing it in the first place. Whereas the level of commitment that it takes to put 50 grand on a credit card to sell your dream car, your most 
motorcycles, shoes, all these things that mean a lot to you, like all of that stuff is the reason that you are as successful as you are. And it's not even just the knowledge that you gained from that course as much as it is the fact that you were willing to put that much money on the line. Like I fully believe that like that in and of itself is indicative of how successful that you've been because it was a huge risk, but the reward was greater than the risk was. And so now just to kind of put it in perspective, you spent 50 grand on that first course. What have you made in the last 12 months in your real estate business, if you don't mind sharing? So we are probably at just a little under 2 million. Yeah. So 50 grand, like we're talking about earlier, perspective, right? 50 grand seems like a lot of money if you're listening to this show for probably for most people listening, but then you put that into comparison to how much money that made legacy. And I'm sure that he would go back and do it all over again, pay two or three times as much as he did, which is a super common theme that I found with a lot of people. So I wanted to bring attention to that legacy because that's something that I talk about a lot on this show is people will ask me, you know, how have you gotten in touch with some of the people that you've been able to interview on the show? And the thing I always go back to is like, sometimes you just got to pay to play. Like sometimes you need to invest that money into a mastermind. Legacy, the only reason you and I know each other is because we have both invested in a mastermind with your and my mentor, Cole Hatter, who has flipped millions of dollars in real estate, who runs a successful event, who rubs shoulders with people like Grant Cardone and Ty Lopez and all these people all the time. And we have both spent money on that. So because of that, we're able to connect. And now I'm learning so much from you about resilience, about persistence, about real estate, like everything, because I was willing to spend the money to get there. How have group sessions been like masterminds and different things like that? How have those directly affected your success? There's a couple of things. Obviously, whenever I talk about this stuff, I like to educate at the same time. For those people that don't know the power of masterminds or having a coach or a mentor, I like to educate. So the first part is they've given me probably, I would say they've probably shaved off close to 15 to 20 years of learning curve for me. And when I say that, when I first got into masterminds, you pay, but it doesn't mean that you are giving yourself permission to be successful, especially when you come from where I come from and where I come from, meaning like in Miami, low income, you know, struggling where any income tax that came in was basically to buy clothes and pay the bills. Money was scarcity. It was like, oh, is it going to be there? Is it not? Like, you know, one parent worked, the other one didn't, you know. So it was literally like, it's a tough thing because as you're sitting in this mastermind, if you don't have the ability to say, I deserve to be here. And instead you're doing the negative going, Hey man, like I make less money than them. I'm not supposed to be here. I don't understand this. Like, Oh, this is over my head. I'm nobody. I'm just a regular person. If you start doing that, then you get no value. And the moment I coupled personal coaching with mastermind groups, I started realizing how much of a resilient person and how much love and care I had for other people and other things that I started realizing what was inside me and the potential and what I was robbing from people, meaning not giving them my all. And so, yes, masterminds can be powerful if and when you make the decision to do it, you commit to it and then you follow through with deep thoughts inside of how you are supposed to be there and how you can make a difference in other people's lives by learning from the people that are making differences in lives right now. So let me ask you this then. This is the question I ask everybody that comes on the show. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? That's a great question. 
I, we used to have an ongoing joke where we would audition and be like, it's all about who you know. And it's always like, yo, yeah, he booked the job. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, jealousy is all about who you know. And, and the real truth about it is if I'm a professional dancer and I go into a property and I'm learning real estate and I'm like, hey, I want to buy this house. And the guy goes, oh, man, I really like you. Let's go do it. I think you're a cool dude. I'm going to I'm going to sell it to you and I'm going to go buy the house. And it's like you're not prepared. Then, you know, the saying success happens when opportunity meets hard work. I believe that it's what you know with who you know. Cole always says this. It's not what you know or who you know. It's what you know with who you know that allows you to see this great success. Because if I have a mentor and somebody comes up with an opportunity and I say, oh man, and then somebody gives me an opportunity and I could go back to my mentor and say, hey, what do you think of this? They're like, yeah, just do this, 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 and this. You're no longer trying to figure out what you don't know. You know exactly what you need to do because that's what somebody that's already done it will do. Totally, totally. So that we kind of already touched on that a little bit earlier in the regards of like, look, the who you know will always exponentially raise the what you know. That's why I always preach who you know, who you know, who you know, who you know, because the what's going to come with the who. So uh, I see that. So the way that I always think about it is like, imagine that you're standing in a line, right? So like you go to Six Flags or Disneyland or whatever, you're standing in a line and you have somebody that's in your group that's like 50 people ahead of you in line, right? (laughs) And you get to skip all these people in line because you know this person up that's like 50 people ahead of you, right? That's how I view networking because can you do it without having any connections? Yes, 100%. Eventually, you're going to get to the front of the line and ride the ride, right? Didn't I skip you with the taco people when we were at Kohl's at the Mastermind Mansion? Yes. Yeah. Because I saw you up front. I'm like, yo, yo. And I walked up and I was like, I'm starving. Uh, tacos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's exactly how I view networking, right? It's like you can figure it all out on your own and you can stand in the line and wait. But if you have somebody that's already been in that spot of the line that knows all the stuff that you need to know and they're calling you up, like, hey, come on up here, you get to skip past all the other people that are standing in line trying to get to the point where that guy's at. That's how I always liken it. And that's why I think that the who you know is always always deserves more attention than the what. And, and, and you've been somebody that's lived that out with and probably maybe even without even realizing it. But like the way that you've been able to stand out in your career is incredible. And the amount of money that you spent on real estate investing courses and programs and masterminds and coaching to be able to put your business in the position where it is now and, and how successful that it is, that says that you understand the value of that. Because I mean, how many people showed up to the audition for Gwen Stefani's tour? There was close to about 2,700 people that showed up, guys and girls. And then how many did she choose? She chose four guys because the four girls were already chosen from before, but they were just trying to see if they would replace a few or whatever. But no, they maintained the four girls she had been doing promo with and they hired four guys and I was one of those four. So four guys out of a couple thousand basically. Right. And you were one of the ones that was chosen for that. So that brings me to a good question. I know it's kind of off topic from what we were just talking about, but let's go ahead and put a pin in that, in the, who, you know, conversation and come back over to this, because I'm really curious to figure out how you've been able to stand out your whole career. So there's a good way and a bad way to stand out. Obviously the good way is I've been able to stand out by being quiet and silent. When I walk into a room to observe what's going on, 
So I'll give you in the context of an audition. For example, I walk in and I'm sitting there. Everybody else is consumed in the movement, in the steps that they have to learn, in impressing whoever's watching and all that. And I kind of stand back and I forget about the dancing. I forget about the people. And I just look at what the room is doing. And so what I've been able to do is I do that whether I walk into an, a house, an open house where they're going to submit multiple offers and there's multiple people. I'm looking at what the listing agent is doing, how they're feeling, what's going on, how they're talking, if he's annoyed, if she's annoyed or whatever. And so I think how I've been able to stand out is by watching what everyone else is doing and doing something different, if not the opposite of. Hmm. So always differentiating yourself and not shifting the focus is such a big lesson there. You and I kind of talked about this a little bit this past weekend, Lacey, in person when we were chatting about like being always observing and gathering data when you enter a room. So would you say that that's been like one of the biggest driving factors in allowing you to be able to differentiate yourself? Yes, absolutely. I love that you just said shifting the focus because it's exactly that. It's being able to internalize or be internalized in what you're thinking about and going, hold on a second. What if I can think a little differently and not be consumed and not think of different, not being able to think of different options, but actually going, I'm actually going to change the way I think, shift my focus and be able to stand out by doing things that no one else is willing to do. No one else wants to take their eyes off of the choreography because they don't get enough time to rehearse it and they're freaking out. When I mess up a dance move, when I'm in an audition, they see past that because they see, okay, he's got most of it, but there's something just cool about this guy and there's something awesome about him coming up before and after saying, thank you. I appreciate being here. Thank you for your time of watching all of us dance. Like there's just something about being different that allows you to be memorable. And it's not a tactic. I think it's genuinely being able to care about what you're doing. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I know this is kind of broken up here at the end, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about behind the movement because I know that that is the thing that you're most excited about doing right now. So walk us through exactly what that whole brand looks like, what you had to come up with it. What's like the number one thing that you want people to take away from it? So a little context. So behind the movement, it comes from my dancing. And I made this name up because I'm like, oh, I'm behind the movement, meaning it's me legacy behind my dancing I'm the, the energy source of the, the, you know, the movement. I'm the one, I'm feeling the movement and I'm dancing. And I created it and I didn't know what it meant. Uh, it's so interesting how I didn't know what it meant until probably like 10 to 12 years later, where a few months ago I was at doing a one last talk with Philip McKernan. And I got asked to be a speaker, one out of six or seven people that got to share their one last talk, which is kind of like if in 15 minutes you were going to die, what would you say to the world? What would be your last message? And my whole concept of it was when I was like 10 years old, my mom and my brother left to Colombia, the country that my parents are from. I was born in New York, but they're in Colombia. And my mom went back with my brother and I feel like they ripped him out from, from under my soul. Basically, I was like, where did my brother and my mom go? And when they left, I was left with so many questions. And I remember I was in fifth grade and I had the highest physical fitness achievement award. I got into my first fight. I was running faster than everybody else. I had more energy than everybody else. And I related it back and I'm, I went back and thought about it. And it was like, I had so much anger, but as a person, I'm not angry. 
So what I realized I was doing was I was keeping this anger in. And as I was laying down on my dad's chest when he was doing a prayer for my mom every single night in during Christmas time, it was called La Novena. He was praying and I was listening to the resonance of his voice and I was just there feeling the moment. And I kept moving my legs and my arms and I was shifting my body and I was like trying to figure out why I felt so uncomfortable. And I had realized that I developed a twitch and I was twitching. And so when I got to high school, this twitch was something I was embarrassed about. It was something that I was resenting. And from that moment, I, don't, I remember I told you, Leo Molina taught me some dance moves. I realized that I can cover up my twitches with my dance moves. And so people would always see my movement, but they'd be like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, no, I'm just dancing. So I became so good at hiding these twitches with my dancing that I literally became the best dancer in the world. Because when I dance, people see me and they see how I express myself. And man, if you could put the energy and power behind why I move and why I dance, then you realize I, I am behind the movement and what is behind the movement. So the translation of that for people now and what I'm trying to do is help people uncover what their movement is, why they do what they do and, and how they do it and help them realize if there's something that they're in life trying to do or, or doing. And if it's not in alignment with who they are, or what they want to do, I help them try to figure that out and actually figure it out. Yeah. yeah I love so much of that, bro. If, if you want to go check out more of what Legacy's doing, we'll link to some of this stuff in the show notes behind the movement. Go check it out. Check out some of the stuff that the Legacy's putting out there. He's had a really, really interesting career, really interesting path, uh, very, very unique in uh, what he's been able to accomplish. So let's go to move on here to the last segment. Legacy is something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick, random questions with some quick, random answers. You ready? Let's do it. This is the random round. What? profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt comedy if you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour who would it be and why it would be dale carnegie and i would ask him life questions that pertain to how he succeeded and how he figured out the formula or how he was able to treat people with so much respect and dignity and how he was able to impact thousands, if not millions of people by the knowledge that he was putting in his books. I would just ask him how, who taught him, how did he learn and, and what advice he would give me. How do you like to consume content, books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? I like consuming content with live people, events, books, podcasts, movies, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, any form of content that I can consume, whether it be social media, YouTube, or reading books is one of my favorite things to do. So if, if you take from all that, what would you recommend as far as like, give me a book or a podcast or an audiobook, like something that you've done or consumed recently that you'd recommend? I'd recommend definitely a book. Right now, I'm a big fan of Compound Effect Okay. by Darren Hardy. Perfect. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I wake up, I take a sh I'm <laughs> You're not kidding, bro. That's exactly no, what happens. I, I actually, half kidding. That happens like all resident days. No, all right. You want to ask the question? <laughs> no, we're Ooh, keeping my, that in there, bro. All right, I love my morning glimpse. I wake up, I open my eyes. I think of one thing that I'm grateful for because I don't have the, the attention capacity to do three. I do the one thing I'm grateful for I get up, brush my teeth, pick my fresh outfit for the day and just plan exactly what's going to happen in that day so that I can have the most effective and laid out day that I can. What is your go-to pump-up song? Man, right now it varies. 
people come out with a different song and I get inspired and I listen to it, I'm always ever changing. So right now that Justin Timberlake, so I can't help myself. No, yeah, no. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. Yeah, that's my jam right now. What is something that you are not very good at? Ooh, I'm not good at organization. I'm getting better at it, but I'm not good at organization. I'm not good at the details of things. I'm not good at going on social media and utilizing it to the best of my ability. And I'm not good at, I guess, planning out things, which is why in the morning I get up to try to plan because I suck at planning things. Yeah, totally. Me too. <laughs> As we get everything wrapped up here, bro, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you and learn more about Behind the Movement? Amazing. You can check me out at Legacy Perez underscore L-E-G-A-C-Y P-E-R-E-Z underscore. And that's all across all social media handles. That's my Instagram, my Snapchat, my Facebook. I've got my Facebook page. And I also have, uh, let me think, let me think, LegacyPerez.com is somewhere you can find me where you can see my tall, handsome, not tall, but you know, <laughs> I like to think I'm tall. You can see me on there. And what your hair is tall. Oh yeah, for sure. My hair makes me like an extra two and a half inches. So I'm <laughs> probably a total of like five, nine. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, man, check me out. Thank you for getting that out there, man. I would love to see how I can help other people in their lives as well. Perfect. So reach out to Legacy. That's Legacy Perez underscore on all social platforms. Start following him. Look at his content. Reach out. Say what's up. Tell him you heard about him here on Build Your Network. Legacy, bro, thanks so much for coming on, man. I've been looking forward to get you on for a while. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Once again, Travis, man, this has been great. Looking forward to see what you're doing in the future, man, being a big part of it in any way. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.